Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. Temple was here. Welcome for um, this morning's worship service. We're a little short-handed with um, with folks being gone to the wedding and out at youth councils, but God is good. He always provides what we need. Um, just be patient with us if we have any technical challenges this morning. But God is God is going to be faithful. Psalm 116 is our call to worship this morning. Selected verses from that psalm. It says there, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant, born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. 
I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. And let us praise him this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that we can come to this place and praise your name. But Lord, not only here, we are able to praise your name every day of our lives, whether we're working, going to school, um, just doing the activities of a normal day. Lord, in every circumstance, we can make it an act of worship to you. Lord, I pray that you would accept our worship, not only this morning as we gather in this formal setting, but Lord, every day of our lives, might our lives be an act of worship. Might our words be um, appropriate for the moment, for the need. Lord, might we be ambassadors of your love. And God, today, speak to our own hearts as we have gathered here to lift you up. Tell us, Lord, what you'd have us to do. And Lord, we will simply obey. Might your blessing be upon us now. And Lord, might you be um, just overjoyed by our gathering, for we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Be alert and think straight. Put all your hope in how kind God will be to you when Jesus Christ appears. Behave like obedient children. Don't let your lives be controlled by your desires as they used to be. Always live as God's holy people should, because God is the one who chose you, and he is holy. That's why the scriptures say, I am the holy God, and you must be holy too. You say that God is your father, but God doesn't have favorites. He judges all people by what they do. So you must honor God while you live as strangers here on earth. You were rescued from the useless way of life that you learned from your ancestors. But you know that you were not rescued by such things as silver or gold that don't last forever. You were rescued by the precious blood of Christ, that spotless and innocent lamb. Christ was chosen even before the world was created, but because of you, he did not come until these last days. And when he did come, it was to lead you to have faith in God, who raised him from death and honored him in a glorious way. That's why you have put your faith and hope in God. You obeyed the truth, and your souls were made pure. Now you sincerely love each other, but you must keep on loving with all your heart. Do this because God has given you new birth by his message that lives on forever.
stand up during testimony time, but I, I do want to take this opportunity to thank you for your prayers for Captain Chris. Uh, she had surgery this week and is doing well, kind of got a little too uh, overextended yesterday and had a bad night, but she's doing well. Please keep her in prayer. Also, um, this weekend my stepmother passed away. Um, but you know, I praise the Lord for that as well. Sometimes God's plan of healing is to take someone home and make them perfectly whole and well. So I give God praise in both cases, uh, both examples of God's healing power, and thank you for your prayers. In um, 2007, Elwood Bartlett, better known as Bunky, won over $30 million in the Maryland State Lottery. Now that is pretty amazing by itself. But um, Bunky's not your average lottery winner. You see, Bunky is also a self-avowed pagan. He is a, a Wiccan, to be exact, a religion whose followers worship nature. He said that um, favor with the pagan gods resulted in his lottery win. He went on to say, I feel the universe has given me this gift of abundance for a reason. There is such a need in the community for Wiccan pagan outreach, one-on-one, -on -one, in-person seminary training, and more. I just hope to fill that need and others in the pagan community. His win uh, of this lottery caused some pagan authors to opine, Christians who pray for lucky lottery tickets but never win might consider switching over to Wicca. Here's my advice. Christians who pray for lucky lottery tickets need to spend more time reading their Bibles and less time playing the lottery. That's another sermon. If you type the word pagan into an internet search engine, you will get over 25 million responses. You might be surprised to know that paganism, far from some outdated ancient belief system is alive and well in the 21st century. Please open your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 1. 
And as you look that up, let me tell you that while we have been busy going about our business, raising our families, going to school, worshiping at the core, there's been an increased interest in non-Christian belief systems as people seek answers to life and to God. And people are looking in all kinds of places. Did you know uh, this week it was reported that the Islamic faith has now surpassed the Catholic Church in number of members worldwide? We live in a world that is increasingly diverse. It's not our grandparents' world of baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet, and faith in Christ. Today, people's faith is being challenged by everything from paganism to atheism and and secularism and everything in between. With this in mind, let's read 1 Peter 1, verses 17 through 23. I'll be reading from the New American Standard Version. If you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, to the living and enduring word of God. This morning, I want to focus especially on verses 18 and 19 and the last part of verse 17. Here, Peter tells believers to conduct themselves with fear while they are here on earth. Now, not all your translations will use the word fear. Some will use the word reverence or honor or reverent fear. And I'm not interested in splitting hairs with you on that this morning. Let us suffice to say that the Bible tells us that we ought to take very seriously the way that we live our lives. Doesn't that fit with what you understand the the larger message of the Bible to be? Be careful how you live. We're told again and again in the scriptures to be careful how we live, to be careful who we worship, because God has some very specific expectations. In fact, the Bible is a chronicle of people trying to find God, trying to worship God in in various ways. And it's a story of God directing them on how he wants to be approached and what he expects from his creation. Most of the Old Testament records this progressive revelation of who God is and how we are to interact with him. Now, good old Bunky Bartlett, our pagan lottery winner, has decided that there are many gods, and he is seeking to worship them 
according to his pagan tradition, much as they did back in the days when Jesus walked the earth. He may have won the Maryland State Lottery by gambling a few bucks, but let me tell you, he's betting the whole farm on his pagan beliefs. And I have some alarming news for him. For all his sincerely held pagan beliefs, Bucky will be surprised to find that he'll have to face Christ someday and give an account for his life. My fear for Bucky and for those like him is that they have chosen a Christless faith. And they're trying to live life and find God without Christ. Now that's a gamble. And that's a gamble you will always lose. Verse 18 tells us, You are not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers. The sobering truth is that a Christless life is futile. It's pointless. It's empty. It's going nowhere because a Christless faith lacks the power to deal with human sin. Peter, in this epistle, points out three characteristics of the Christless life. First, he says it's a life of ignorance. 1 Peter 1.14 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. The pagan world has always been haunted by the unknowability of God. They feel that whatever gods exist, they are unknowable and they are totally uninterested in us. Second, the Christless life is a life dominated by desire. In that same verse, 1 Peter 1.14, we're cautioned not to be conformed to the former lusts. Speaking of those who are without Christ, Paul says in Philippians 3.19, their destiny is their destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. In, in a world mastered by desire, people aim to find newer and wilder ways to gratify their lusts. If you don't believe that, just survey the internet and look at the stuff that can be found there. It's a catalog of, of human lust and shame. And lastly, the Christian life is characterized by futility because it's not going anywhere fast. An ancient pagan writes, Suns can rise and set again, but once our brief light is dead, there is nothing left but one long night from which we shall never wake. They reason, like some do today, if we're going to, um, if we're going to die like a dog, why not live like a dog. Life is futile. We have just a few brief years in the light of the sun and then eternal nothingness. So may as well have our gusto while we're here. There's nothing really to live for. There's nothing really to die for. There's nothing right and there's nothing wrong. But Peter reminds us that in Christ we have been redeemed 
from that worldview, that sense of hopelessness and pointlessness that pervades. This week marks 40 years since Martin Luther King was assassinated. He sought to free this nation from the sin of racial prejudice. He sought to to liberate us from those, um, those bonds that were destroying us. But this morning, I want you to know that Jesus Christ has brought us an even greater freedom. He is the great emancipator, and through him, we are delivered from the bondage of sin and the power of death. He is, as 1 Peter 1.19 says, a lamb unblemished and spotless, and by his blood we are redeemed. Peter reminds us that it costs the life and death of Jesus Christ to liberate us from the bondage to sin and to free us from, from the futile and meaningless existence that life is without Christ. In fact, Peter tells us in verse 20 that before the creation of the world, Jesus Christ was predestined for this work. Sometimes we think of God as first creator and then redeemer, right? He, he created everything and then he came to redeem everything. But we get the idea that, um, you know, it was after things started to go wrong that he decided he would rescue us through Jesus Christ. But we learn in this section of First Peter that we have a God who was Redeemer before he was creator, that he actually predestined Jesus Christ to redeem us before he created anything. His redeeming purpose was not an emergency measure to which he was compelled when things went wrong. Our redemption goes back before creation. Through his death, Jesus emancipated us from our bondage to sin and death. And through his resurrection, he gives us a life that is as glorious and is as indestructible as his own. So if life without Christ is futile and our hope in his death and resurrection is our salvation, then then how should we live? How should we live? Really, it's very simple. If the Christless life is futile, then the Christ-filled life is what we should seek. In our passage today, Peter mentions three characteristics of the Christ-filled life. He says, first of all, the Christ-filled life is a life of obedience and holiness. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16 tell us, Like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. The word for holy used here has a root meaning of being different. The temple, the Jewish temple, was holy because it was different from other buildings. The Sabbath was holy because it was different from other days. And the Christian is holy because he or she is different from other people. We are chosen to live for God 
and therefore we must obey his law and reproduce his life in our own. God commands us as Christians to be different, and I know some of you have a head start on that. He commands us to be different, though, in a way that makes us holy. A Christian is one who is living a Christ-filled life, a life that's different, a life that is centered in Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, in the New Living Translation, makes it clear. Let me read that. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Peter told the believers of his day that the pagan worldview they had grown up with was futile and powerless. Instead, their redemption, planned in eternity past and very costly, was purchased through Christ's death and resurrection. The Bible teaches that other approaches to God, other attempts to approach him and resolve the sin issue, are ultimately ineffective and thus futile. Despite what the political correctness may say and, and modern culture may say, all other efforts fall short. Whatever good other religious systems may teach, they fail to effectively deal with human sin. And they leave the worshiper alienated from God. Bunky Bartlett may spend his lottery fortune trying to spread the message of paganism. He may equip and train many pagan disciples, but in the end, they, along with everyone who doesn't know Christ, will end up empty and bankrupt. I don't know this morning how much you've been influenced by modern thinking, by political correctness, which is really old thinking. It's as old as mankind. It's as old as the lie the devil told Adam and Eve in the garden. God chose, however, to provide Christ as the answer to human sin before he even created us. He has made provision for us. Easter was the plan. Good Friday and Easter, they were the plan. Are you fully invested in the plan? Are you fully invested in Christ? Are you living a Christ-filled life? If you are, then you have reason to praise the Lord, and that's a, a great thing to do on Sunday morning, to come here and praise his name. And, and I pray that you would be a witness that brings others into the kingdom as they see Christ in you. But if not, if you're not living the Christ-filled life, then I invite you to put your trust completely and exclusively in Christ Jesus, the risen Lord. I know life is busy. I know life can be crazy at times. But be careful. Don't let your slip, yourself slip back into the world's way of thinking. We're barraged through the media, through television, through all manners of communication 
pulling us back into the world's way of thinking. Don't be deceived by Christless gospels that promise much but can deliver little. Instead, find peace through simple faith in Christ. So this morning, my uh, challenge to you is to ask God to cleanse your mind and your spirit from the false teachings and the false hopes that are being presented by our popular culture today. Unfortunately, even from those who call themselves Christian. Realize that we're in a spiritual battle here, that there are spiritual forces seeking to deceive, seeking to um, capture us. Once again, we sang that chorus in Sunday school opening about the devil. I never heard that one. It's an old one, and Scott said old ones become new again. That, that one was new to me. Um, you know, the devil's had us in his clutches, and he wants us back. And, and if he can't get us back all at once, he'll slowly reel us back in as we buy into um, the lies that are out there. So I ask you to um, engage in that spiritual battle and immerse yourself in Christ. Immerse yourself in the scriptures. It is what cleanses our minds from the, uh, from the false teaching, the false thinking that this world puts forth. The answer is Jesus Christ. He is all in all. We're going to sing that song, and I'm going to invite you to stand. It's song 489 in the Red Songbook, or it'll be on the screens here. I bring to thee my heart to fill. I know how weak I am, but still, to thee for help I call. Enjoy our grief to live or die, for earth or heaven, this is my cry. Be thou my all in all. And the chorus very specifically says, Christ is all, yes, all in all. If you need to make a further surrender to him this morning, if you need to make that consecration, that dedication, this place of prayer is a wonderful place to come and just say, I'm putting it all on the altar, Lord. I want to give you everything. Let's sing that first verse, and if God's speaking to you, you come.
third verse tells us I have little strength to call my own. And maybe you feel that way. I know I've felt that way many times in life. And what I've done before thy throne, I hear confess, is small. But on thy strength, O God, I lean. And through the blood that makes me clean, thou art my all in all. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. All the good that we do um, really doesn't amount to much apart from Christ. But with Christ, with him being our all in all, it's just amazing what God does to use and to transform us. We're going to sing the fourth verse, but before we do, I want to have a word of prayer. And I wonder this morning if there's anyone here this morning who um, needs to make a dedication of their life completely to Christ. Anyone here who's been holding back wants to be remembered in prayer. If you raise your hand, I'd like to remember you in prayer. Yes, thank you. Anyone else? God bless you. Yes, Lord bless you. Anyone else want to give everything they have to Jesus? Anyone else? God bless you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this, this day that you are still available, still waiting, still yearning, actually, for us to give you all that there is of us. Lord, how foolishly we hold on to the, the futile things of life, the things that will not give us eternal um, blessing. Yet, Lord, we're drawn by them. Lord, this morning, some here have raised their hands in recognition of their need to give you everything. And Lord, I just pray that you would look at each person's heart of those who raised their hands, of those who perhaps have simply made this um, agreement with you, that, Lord, you would um, help them to, to be true to the words, to the, to the uh, desire of their heart, to give you all that there is of them. Lord, it just seems when we um, retain control in our own lives, we just mess up. But when we let go and let you be Lord, that, God, you guide us to, um, to green pastures. God, I pray that would be true in each of our lives this morning. And to the degree that we hold back, Lord, might, might we um, realize that um, that is the source of our failure, that success is found in giving it all to you. Bless us now, Lord, as we begin to live completely for you. And as we leave this place, Lord, might we do it in your power, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing that fourth verse. No
I would take you back for a moment just to the book of Luke when uh, the man who eventually wrote those words that Captain preached about this morning was approached by Jesus. And uh, these are the words that are given to us from Scripture. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him, and he asked them, saying, Who do the crowds say that I am? So they answered and said, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah, and others say that one of the old prophets has risen again. But he said to them, Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, The Christ of God. That's the answer that should come from our hearts today, and I'm sure that from uh, many of us it does. I would point you to the bulletin this week. I think that if you would need a devotional time for yourself, if you look in that section, it talks about the Lord being our shepherd, and there's a wonderful uh, reading in here on uh, the shepherd's uh, psalm, Psalm 23. And uh, some of the words that are given to us in the bulletin, wherever we go, whatever the circumstance, The shepherding care of God is with us, beneath us, beside us, before us, around us, upon us, behind us, ahead of us. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, you are my shepherd. You have led me uh, into the green pastures. You have been with me in the valley. You have been with me in the places where there are triumph in my life. And when I'm on the mountaintop, Lord, you are there with me also. Thank you, Lord, because you are so faithful to us. You are the Christ. You are the living God. And we love you today. For we pray in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Gersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening. Thank you.